following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. Well, the dust has settled on the best reality TV show anywhere. Mm-hmm. That would be the NFL draft, and now it's down. And back to reality as we are back in here in the SWBC podcast studio for Mick Shots, Bill Jones, Mickey Spagnola, and it's the return of Everson Walls, who is right now scanning the undrafted free agents out there, <laughs> knowing that there's going to be an Everson Walls in this group somewhere. I am looking at a young man named Eric Scott. Thank you very much. There you go. To see what he's going to do for the boys. You got, you got, you got your cornerback there. Mm-hmm. Traded, traded a fifth-round pick next year in order to get into the top of the sixth round mm. and take that cornerback out of Southern Miss. My uh, sleeper of the draft. Really? Oh, really? Yes. Okay. There's something to this kid, and reason, one of the reasons why he uh, kind of fell out of a lot of the draft Knicks uh, analysis is they saw a cornerback and they saw a 40 time of 4 7 2. <laughs> no, they didn't. And they thought, I it's guarantee no, they did. No, they didn't. Then they, they thought, oh, it might be Everson Walls. <laughs> right? Hey, I just see a couple of Walls plays right here now. This guy's but, pretty good. But what happened? Uh, on his, I think it was during his pro day that two steps into his 40, he pulled a quad and he finished, right? So but he's really what, running a 4-4. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, hey, look, if, you, if you're running a 4-7, you really I, don't you, have any quad muscles. And you know what he did? <laughs> and you know what he did? Um, he ended up doing workouts for the Cowboys and sending them video. Uh, I'm sure his agent had a little bit to do with that. Yeah, of course. That's good marketing. And if you look at his highlights, you know, he's had two interceptions, both for touchdowns, Mm -hmm. and and he can scoot. So he may have fallen that far just because of that 40 Well, and the draft Knicks needed to look at his vertical and his broad jump. His vertical was 39-and-a-half and and his broad jump 11-1, and he had 16 bench reps of 225 pounds. That's pretty good. How about 16 bench reps for a cornerback of 225 pounds? Well, he's no Everson Walls because I couldn't do any of that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Right off the top, it's Eric Scott. (laughs) We're talking start right with the sixth round. All right, we got so much to get to, so little time to get there. All right, let's go. uh, Mickey, where would you like to start with our draft recap? Let's go with the first round pick. Mozzie. Mozzie Smith. I've already nicknamed him the Moz, okay? Hmm. And uh, now you did you see his bench press? 34. 225, 34 (laughs) times. Think about that. This guy might be the strongest player in the entire draft. Well, he's. I mean, there were some that had 39. Uh, there was one that had a 39 uh, bench rest, but I'm talking about just as far as right. power, uh, the strength, and the explosion, and all that stuff. And, and I think uh, long arms, too. Yep. Which takes a lot 30, more effort. I like that. Effort, I do like right? that. Yeah. Right. I, I yeah, think there, this there's guy, some 39. Some guys who can put up 39 reps, but they got 29 inch arms. <laughs> they ain't got far to push it, right? <laughs> I, I and and I I just 
I'm all over this kid. His, his nature, his personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's got a Micah presence to him, yes, I think. Just he does. the way he carries himself and the confidence that he has. His, his a, upbringing, uh, I, I mean, he may be strong, but I think he's pretty tough. And that's what you want in a nose tackle, right? That's somebody why that, Micah was so excited about it. Yeah, no kidding. Here, here's somebody going to keep people off me. Vanderesh should have been excited, too. Um, but this guy doesn't look like he gets moved very much. So uh, I like that uh, he said that uh, when somebody tried to describe how fast he was, or no, how strong he was, and he said, well, one of my friends said I was like a refrigerator when you push it down a hill. <laughs> so watch out for the moths. It builds up steam in a hurry. Huh? You know, well, and, we, and we weren't the only ones interested in him, right? I mean, that people Well, there was to... two defensive tackles went right after him, uh-huh. by the way. They said the, they, Chiefs, the Chiefs were trying to trade up to get Mozzie. Yeah. yeah. And, and the Cowboys, you know, they it's like, no, I think we're, we'll, we'll do. And, and so before we get into pick by pick, I just wanted to point out a couple things before we start. And it's kind of what I wrote in my, in my column to wrap up the draft. Number one, you got to remember where the Cowboys were drafting, right? You know, you're at 26, 27, 28, 25 for all your picks. The rounds are getting picked over. There were a lot of guys they were interested in that went off the board and they had to just kind of sit there and be patient and, and, and follow their board. The other thing I think you need to remember, if, if you're going to be honest about the draft, they spent three draft picks on trades for starters, right? They used the draft pick on Brandon Cooks. Yep. They used the draft pick on Stephon Gilmore. Mm-hmm. And they used the draft pick on Jonathan Hankins. Uh, so if you throw those three guys into the total uh, of their of their draft, I, I think they did a pretty darn good job considering where they were drafting because it's not easy to draft that late, and it's usually not easy to be patient enough and not start trading picks again to move up for a certain guy. So um, I'll leave it at that. Well, I, I must say, once you establish uh, having great first-round picks – over a number of years, you know, especially in the last 10, 12 years, we've done extremely well. I'm going to put my trust in Will. You know, that's just the way I see it. If he thinks he's good, you've proven to me that I can trust you with first-round picks. And this guy here seems like to be no exception. Seems like no exception at all. All right. Um, and I tweeted this out on Friday. I On Friday morning, just doing some, some more research on Mizey Smith, uh, I discovered – uh, a Philadelphia Eagles-based uh, podcast called Inside the Birds Podcast. And Greg Cosell, who is a well-respected uh, talent evaluator in the league uh, or in the media, uh, he, ha- on one of the podcasts leading up to the draft, uh, he was talking about Mozzie Smith. And the quote that I tweeted out from that podcast he said, there's not another defensive line prospect in this class, including Jalen Carter, with the size, mass, live feet, and short area explosiveness mm. as Mozzie Smith. He's a pretty rare prospect. Wow. And when you look at uh, 
with those, I remember Randy White said for years, the Manster said for years, you know what the Cowboys need on this? <laughs> we That's need, just how he says it. Too. We need one of those big bazookas in the middle of the offensive line. And in this draft, there weren't very many of those big bazookas in the middle of a, of a defensive line, uh, meaning a defensive tackle who is 320 pounds or greater. They're, really, if you look at uh, the five, there, there are about a handful that got drafted, maybe four or five of those defensive tackles who are 320 or greater. One of them is Jalen Carter, who, I mean, you look at his tape at Georgia and you can make a great <laughs> uh, a great assessment that he is the number one player in this draft, mm. the, the way he played. It's the other stuff that dropped him down. All right. And there was a lot of other stuff. Yeah. And. And then you got Mozzie Smith, who is a, the 26th pick of the draft. And then the next one, there's a uh, Siaki Ika from Baylor. I think he went in the early. What he went uh, number 98 overall. Keandre Colburn from Texas went uh, late in the late in the draft um, to Kansas City, sixth round pick. And that was basically it as far as those types. There's other defensive tackles, but they're 300, 305 or whatever. Right. When you're looking at a guy who can play over the nose and with the athleticism, and the Cowboys have talked about that, you can use him in a different way than what he was used at Michigan and unleash some of that athleticism that he's got. And I'll tell you what, when you see him in person, whatever weight they listed him at, it's choice pounds, by the way. It's not big, sloppy. Mm-hmm. He he can put on another 10, but, 15 pounds. But you saw, and he used to weigh another yes. 25 pounds. Oh, did and, he? Yes. And when he there's there's a before and after picture of him when he got to Michigan, and he got in that weight room, wow. and he transformed his body. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I know the real reason why Mickey likes this guy. I was looking at his, his bio. He graduated with a degree yes. in creative writing. Yes. <laughs> Hopes to become a screenwriter or oh, poet. Lord. I'm going to hand off to him, all right? He can have McShot's column, all right? His, well, his, his, his parents, no, grandparents put out a, a uh, newspaper during um, the civil unrest uh, in the 60s, I believe. Hmm. In Grand Rapids. Yeah. Put out, uh, and it was a, you know, a supplemental type newspaper, yeah. not the city newspaper, their own newspaper. So, yeah, it was called the Organizer. He's got uh, he's got uh, writing genes, if nothing else, right? A uh, Renaissance man. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, so we're all I'm all on board with Mozzie Smith. All right, and. You know, there, as Everson alluded to, there are opportunities to uh, trade down, whatever. Well, it sounded like whoever's going to trade up had Mozzie on their mind. And um, in, in this draft, I think it was a deeper draft uh, as far as overall. Now, but as far as the elite first round talent, it was it was a more shallow draft, and so you could make the case, yeah, you can benefit from having more draft picks in the third and fourth round, or so forth. What you might be able to get, but for what this team needed for this defense, what Dan Quinn wanted for this defense, what Micah Parsons wanted for this defense, they needed to stay where they were and take the best player available right there for this team. And let's remember that eleven. Of 17 opponents rushed for at least 100 yards against the Cowboys. And in their five losses, everybody rushed for at least 136 yards, including 
Green Bay with 207, and I think Jacksonville ended up with 192. So if you look at their losses, what happened? They had problems stopping the run, and they needed somebody in the middle. It got better after they made the draft deadline trade for Jonathan Hankins. Unfortunately, he got nicked up and Mm -hmm. didn't get to play as much. Uh, Now, they re-signed him, and someone would say, well, they already got Jonathan Hankins. Well, Jonathan Hankins has got a battle on his hand to get snaps, I think, with this kid here. But it's a good two-man rotation. Well, and it's a rotation. rotation, Yeah, it's a rotation on the defensive line. Mike McCarthy talked about it last week in the pre-draft press conference. It's emulating what the Cowboys did back in the 90s, where you're rotating guys in there on the defensive line. Here's a a weird little title for uh, the young man to take with him. He was named number one freak in college. Yes. Yeah. Right. By the athletic the athletics yeah, Bruce, Bruce Feldman. Feldman. Yeah, I never yeah. heard of this guy. I never heard of that he, stat. He, he, yeah, would, he, he did a freak like his he own. He does that freak every team. every year. Yeah. Every year. The who college, was last year? Yeah, I can't remember who yeah. it was, but uh, but he was the number one on the mm-hmm. list. He lists about a dozen to fifteen uh, freak athletes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just their uh, rare type athleticism. And Mozzie was at the top of his list. Excellent. Yeah. I love it. I yeah. love it. So, all right, we're all on board with Mozzie. Good okay. on Mozzie. Okay, second round. Good on Schoonmaker. Luke Schoonmaker, the tight end out of Michigan. So, Another Michigan man. So here's the here's the downside of drafting where they did. Mm-hmm. Because I think they thought, and everybody else must have thought it too, that Sam Laporta would end up dropping to them, right? Everybody's going to take Mayer. And, uh, Who's everybody? Kincaid. <laughs> Who's everybody's thinking that? Yeah, yeah, everybody. Everybody <laughs> that was predicting. Okay. The, right, not the, the teams. So-called. Because the teams the knew, right? Expert. But right. the Cowboys were hoping, right? And that hope went right out the door with the third pick in the second round mm-hmm. when Detroit uh, took Sam Laporta. Yeah, Dan Campbell, a tight end by nature. Uh, he he did not think that uh, Sam Laporta would drop all the way to fifty eight in the second yeah. round. Obviously, no, obviously not. And he was he was probably the best all purpose tight end. Not a guy that's just going to be vertical, line up out wide and catch passes. He can do everything, and that's what they were looking for. A tight end that could do everything, including blocking. And I'll go back to, you know, they're at times problems late in the season running the football. I don't think they got much from their tight ends. No, they didn't. In the blocking area. I don't know what happened there. So um, I think. I'm not going to lie, Spags. I was was looking at at, uh, Mayer. I thought Mayer would be an excellent pick for him. That was my. Uh, well, he, he went, went the next pick. He went with the next pick, <laughs> right? And so they don't think that he's as all around in regards to blocking. Who's that? Uh, the Cowboys. We don't think. Well, we we didn't don't think that Mike, but that Meyer was really the well, all around tight end that we needed. Well, I think. I think they had them grouped together. Yeah. And, and I don't. We don't know how they how yeah. they had them rated, but I think they probably had a group of four or five that they were all that that they were good with drafting and and in an early round um, in the second round. Yeah. And um, and Schoonmaker obviously was one of those guys because they took him. But I think Dalton Kincaid would have, been, and he was the first one to go, just yeah. ahead of them in the first round. And then you had Laporta and Mayer, and then Luke Musgrave went forty-two to Green Bay. So there's four right there that came off the board. And, and I, then you're I looking think, at the I fifth think the one. Difference, I think the difference was they probably think he's a better run blocker. 
than all of than all those four. I truly, well, I truly a, think that that has something. To, that was the difference in regards to picking him out of the four that they was were, available. But, but they were, no, they weren't. They available. weren't available. They were gone. They, they were, were gone. gone. Yeah, they were all so gone. They were, so, so it was more like, all right, it's the drop off in their opinion. Yeah. And so that's why they felt like they needed to go ahead and t- use the second rounder on him yeah. uh, because they did. They had it. The next uh, grouping of tight ends were. Uh, or maybe I don't know what he and, was there. And I, I, I would have was. to say that he, out of the the, the, uh, the second group of tight ends, he's probably a better blocker than that particular group that was available. The fifth, he was the fifth tight end right. to go that are available. I understand. Yeah. I understand. So yeah. well, and the other, my big green notebooks, uh, Darnell Washington uh, <laughs> was another one that I think they probably liked, uh, but they didn't like the medicals on right, him, right. and so they they were not going to draft him, and he wound up going late in the third round to Pittsburgh. And and so there's some issues We're, we're there. going to be a running team. So I think that these tight ends they're looking at, whoever they fall to, it didn't matter, they better be able to block and be able to catch the ball. Well, I, yeah. I, I saw one name came up, uh, undrafted free agents, mm-hmm. was a fullback. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of them, actually. Yeah. That, that Princeton Fant from Tennessee is also a fullback type. He's okay. not He's not a tight end height. He's like 6'1". I've got right, it written right. down here. But Hunter Lipke from North Dakota State, uh, who ran for a lot of yards at North Dakota State, but he, 235 pounds, he – uh, I had him on my radar, and I think he was probably a draftable guy. Huh. Uh, didn't get drafted, but he's six one and a quarter, two hundred and thirty four pounds, and actually could carry the ball too. I mean, he's more than just a uh, fullback because I mean, he ran he, for a lot of yards. Is he carrying the ball, or is he? No, I mean, just he was. Kind of no, he was. They were, they were, <laughs> no, he was. We need one yard yeah, here. Yeah, now, exactly. <laughs> now it was North Dakota State. Okay. And so, but I mean, he actually. No, I like I like he, North Dakota State. Right. Yeah, he, no. he ran for a lot of yards. Mm-hmm. A lot of touchdowns for uh, he's got for some North maneuverability. Dakota State. That's and, a, but yeah. but what the, if you look back at what Mike McCarthy has done with his offense through the years, mm-hmm. the John Coon days of the Packers, he loves that that's fullback, and so about. that that's why and it's that's not a surprise. That's what the that's where the tight end is going to come in. That's well. right, and uh, and so it's not a surprise at all that they. Uh, it sounds like the reportedly they've got a couple of fullbacks undrafted that are on mm-hmm. the run uh, radar: Hunter Lipke That'd and Princeton nice. Fant. And so, and, and by the way, let me clear this up because I heard somebody, buddy, talking about it this morning on the radio, pointing out that they they uh, guaranteed him two hundred thousand dollars, right? Well, here's what the guarantee is: the guarantee is basically we're going to keep you at least on the practice squad mm-hmm. because if you're on the practice <clears throat> squad for the whole season, it comes to about two hundred thousand dollars. So basically. Uh, that's that's the deal uh, with the guarantee. So that 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 they at least know that if nothing else, I'm going to be on the practice squad. Here's the other thing about uh, because there's a lot of talk out there that oh, and I got immediate texts from people saying oh they reached on the tight end in the second round, whatever. Here was the dynamic of this draft compared to say last year's draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year. First tight end that was drafted in that draft was Trey McBride out of Colorado State. He went late in the second round, number 55 overall to the Arizona Cardinals. By pick 55 or 58 when the Cowboys picked this year, there had already been four tight ends that were off the board. So if you put, I think, uh, Mickey, if you put this tight end class in last year's uh, draft, 
they would not have been coming off the board in the second round. You had better wide, a deeper top end of the wide receiver class last year. Not taking anything away from these tight ends, but it's just the way this particular draft worked where the tight ends came off the board in the second round. That's why you had to go get your tight end in the second round. And another tight end came off the board before they would have picked in the third round. Um, where did I say Well, there are three tight ends. There was one Tucker, right after them. Tucker Craft. Right. And then right after them, another tight Cameron end. Cameron Latou out of Alabama. There was one right after. And then Darnell Washington right. in the third. Right. Who was off their board. But, yes. And uh, Brenton Strange went late second round, too. But if Fourth round, there were like six tight ends that were drafted last year. <laughs> this year, there were no tight ends taken in the fourth round. And, in fact, if you look at the entire draft, there were 15 tight ends drafted this year. Well, there were 18 last year, but the but 17 of those 18 were drafted in the third round or later last year. And, and I think what people also need to remember, when you're drafting that late in a round, it's almost like taking that guy in the next round, Right. Like the 26th pick in the first round, uh-huh. probably, you know, you could say, well, you know, we we don't take defensive tackles in the first. We hadn't done it since, what, Russell, Maryland. But this is almost like a second-round pick. The same thing with the tight end. It's almost like a third-round pick. Mm-hmm. You know, all their picks, you can just say, okay, other than trading up for the first pick in the sixth round, all those picks are almost the next round. When you look at this tight end, Schoonmaker, compared to Jake Ferguson, I really like Jake Ferguson myself. I do, too. And, and of course, he was a fourth-round pick last year. Last year's draft, I got the numbers here now, there was one tight end taken in the second round. There were four taken in the third round, and there were ten taken in the fourth round that year. Um, I don't think that there was that much difference probably in the grade of uh, Schoonmaker versus Jake Ferguson last year. It's going to be very interesting. I think Schoonmaker, who, by the way, is older than both Jake Ferguson and Peyton (laughs) Hendershot. He'll turn 25 in September. I think he'll fit right into this room. Sean McEwen is 15 months older than him. So you got four tight ends. Why is he so old? He's, he uh, he didn't play his first couple of years uh-huh. uh, at Michigan. In fact, he was playing behind Sean McEwen. And then wow. he, he was a starter his last two years. He, he was a, I assume, you know, Michigan with Harbaugh, they've got a ton of tight ends on their roster. So, wait a minute. We have how many Big Ten tight ends Four. do we have? Four. <laughs> Every, everybody. Yes. On this All team. of them are everybody. All Big Ten tight ends. I just realized right. that. Indiana, right? One right. of those focuses from Indiana. Hender, Hendershot. Hendershot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. So that's crazy. So it's going to be very interesting. And McCarthy loves his tight ends. So if they're going and if they were going to run running game, if they want to have game, three tight end sets, they better be able to block. Mm-hmm. So maybe with this three, they don't have to bring in a tackle to be the third blocking tight right, end when right. they go three tight. Which was what they had to do last year to try right. to get the run game going at all. Exactly. All right, uh, we got mm. much more to get to. We went through a whole segment and didn't even mention Deuce. Well, we, uh, we will have to correct that wrong when we come back here on Mix Shots. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. 
Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. We paid how much for those lessons? Shh. She's doing great. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, can you pass me a Pepsi Zero Sugar? <sighs> great job, honey. Oh. oh, look at that. That's not the end. No way. Now it's time for the encore. You know what? You're right. Five times? Not enough times. For everyone who traded in rock concerts for their kids' recitals, you've compromised enough. Pepsi Zero Sugar. That's what I like. <sighs> Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. You hear that? I'm a torrential downpour. Torrential? What's that even mean? It means you can't see out of your windshield. And if you have the wrong car insurance, you might have to make it rain to fix your bumper. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Back, back to mixed shots. K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing. Proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. From corporate homes to your home. Have your roof checked by choice, not by chance. Call now, 214-225-4860, kpostcompany.com. Sounded good, Specs. All right, we started running down uh, the Cowboys draft picks. We got through the first couple in the first 25 minutes of the show. And <laughs> we got to speed it rate, up, right? At this rate, we won't get to the play of the day that was yes. made on Saturday. So we're going to, before Jump we come there. back to the third-round pick, DeMarvion Overshow, and the fourth-round pick, Junior Fehoko. Let's uh-huh. skip ahead to the sixth round, pick number 212. Yes, there are two deuces in 212, <laughs> and there's one deuce on the Cowboys now, and I love the pick of Deuce Vaughn. Who doesn't? It was a, a feel-good moment, huh, Spags? Pretty most dramatic moment mm-hmm. I think I've seen in all my years uh, covering the draft, just how uh, they set it up. Um, Everybody in the room knew, basically, they were taking Deuce Vaughn, except for his Chris. father, Chris Vaughn, who's the Cowboys' assistant director of college scouting, right? And, uh, and the poor guy, he had, been ta- he had been in conversation with his son during the draft, and his son, it's falling, right? Yes. And falling. And he was talking about how, you know, he said Deuce was starting to think, oh, my 5'5 height finally caught up with me, right? I'm not going to get a chance here. And so he had been talking to him. Well, what they did was Jerry gets up in front of the room, basically, and he starts talking about two other guys, right? And one of them, they ended up taking Brooks, the the. Uh, wide receiver in the seventh round mm-hmm. and it was almost like there was a debate going okay we got this guy and we got that guy and now we got this pick and let's talk about what we're <clears> going <throat> to do well jerry started i mean he must have gone it seemed like forever he went on right that sounds familiar and then finally he there was this silence and there was a long pregnant pause and it was almost like Oh, hell, put Vaughn's name on the card. 
<laughs> and you should have seen Chris. He he was just overwhelmed with emotion. Gets up. Uh, everybody's clapping and cheering. He goes and hugs. Standing O. Mm-hmm. Yeah, goes and hugs Jerry, right? And they said, well, you make the call. So they gave him the phone uh-huh. to call his son. And and obviously the it was the area code for Dallas shows up on the phone, right? Yeah. And so Chris goes, he goes, hey, buddy. He goes, <laughs> uh, he goes, yeah, my phone wasn't working, so I got this one. <laughs> and, 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 he, and his son, yeah, uh-huh. And, and then he goes, hey, how would you like to go to work with me on Monday? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the kid just, I guess he lost it at his end. Chris lost it. He barely could get the words out. He was crying. Everybody was tearing up. Um, it was quite an emotional uh, emotional deal. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought the cool thing of it was, and Chris, they, they pointed out that Chris never advocated for his son. Mm-hmm. Whenever that discussion came up, he backed off i'm a pro we got to discuss this back and forth Mm -hmm. but the cool thing was at that point in the draft and he knew it but he didn't say it the number one guy left on their board was deuce vaughn Mm -hmm. so it wasn't like oh we're gonna do this guy a favor right the kid deserved to get drafted according to their board at that point and we're talking a damn good football player. He is if, a he was, good football if, player. if he was five nine and not five five, he'd be a second round pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you he is in this draft, he is the most prolific running back in this draft. Isn't I mean, you something? just just Isn't statistically, you just look what he did at Kansas State. He was a two time consensus All American the last couple of years at uh at K State. Fourteen games last year, ran for fifteen hundred and fifty-eight yards and nine touchdowns, and caught forty-two passes for another three hundred seventy-eight yards and three touchdowns. And he did the exact same thing every time the I previous saw him year. play. He's all right. over the field. But uh, I mean, I even compared him. I mean, statistically, you compare his career, a three-year career at Kansas State, mm-hmm. to B. John Robinson's three-year career at Texas, and it's almost identical. All in all, Deuce Vaughn had 767 touches for 4,884 yards and 43 touchdowns. Bijan had 599 touches for 4,215 yards and 41 touchdowns. I mean, he's he's got Bijan on his numbers from college. And let's remember, they're playing against the same teams too. It's right. not like he was playing, you know. And by the no, way, his Big team 12 is Big Twelve, right? right? And by the way, his team won the Big Twelve championship. Yes. Uh, won, and we, much as we talk about what Max Duggan did for yeah. TCU in that game and carrying his team on his back, and it was Deuce Vaughn who was the MVP of that game. And then, oh, by the way, he goes and plays Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, <laughs> and he goes 88 yards for a touchdown against NFL players. So, yeah, and, 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 and Chris uh, w- was sitting there saying, you know, because his, his insides were getting eaten up that no one was taking him. No one was taking him. And, and his point was, I wanted him to get drafted if he was Deuce Johnson, not that he was Deuce Vaughn, son of college scout father, right? Uh, and he said, and inside, he, go, he goes, you know, I knew this kid inside out. He, he goes, heck, I sleep with his mother. That's how, much I, <laughs> that's how much I know this kid, right? And he deserved to be drafted, right? And it lasted to 212. How many, there weren't many more picks left in the sixth at that point, was there? Right. Uh, you know, but when you look at his career, 
it's not like he's a guy that plays in spots. Right. I mean, he plays every down. And he runs up the middle, too. I, I never yeah. saw him, you know, get tired. He carries the load, which is something that, you know, we're worried about here now right. since we lost Zeke. And so that's the kind of thing that can, it gives we? me pause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or All did right. we? We'll see. We will see. That, we will uh, see. That ship may the, not have sailed. The running back room, by the way. And by the way, who has the biggest hands in the running back room? Uh, I don't think I analyzed it that closely. It's a tie. Tony Pollard and Deuce Vaughn. Really? <laughs> nine and a half inch oh hands. My so you talk about how small he is. How important <laughs> is have big hands? Well, Deuce Vaughn and Tony Pollard have the same size hands. So there you go. And he's a pretty those hands are pretty good too. He's pretty good at That's catching right. the football. That's right. And okay, so the running back room consists of Tony Pollard. And the draft pick, Deuce Vaughn, and Malik Davis, Mm -hmm. and Ronald Jones, and Rico Dowdle was signed back after being let go and then came back. So there's your five right now. And And as Mickey just mentioned, it was asked of Jerry on Saturday, what about Zeke? And the ship has not sailed. Yeah, But, I mean, you look at what Deuce his what his talents are, his size and so forth, and where he was more of a satellite back, whatever. They they still have that need for something. And you know, and here, here's what goes on with a guy like him. Teams are going to look after the draft. They'll get their guys in for the rookie mini camp, few OTAs, and if it comes to June one, you start going, hmm, maybe I can use that guy, and you know. Just pay him something with loaded with incentives, mm-hmm. and if he wants to still play, he'll do it. He plus he likes it here too, by the way, uh, and he's good in the locker room. So you know, we'll you, see. When you look at someone like a, a, a Ronald Jones, that's a guy that he has a chance to kind of turn the page in his career, you if know, given the opportunity. If given the opportunity, I mean, and once he's given it, he's got to come through. Right, he doesn't have much room for error. I mean, it was like. Like myself going to the Giants, or maybe Dave Durson coming to the Giants. the Cowboys trading for Jonathan Hankins, There you right? go. This is your time to show us that what they said about you was not correct. You know, show us show us that, that the pro part of your resume. I don't want the con part of your resume. That's what we need to see. Because right now, Jones is the only running back that you could say could get us those tough yards if we chose to use him. And that's something we're going to need this year. Like you said, we still have hope, you know, that things are not over between Zeke and the Cowboys. But if it is, then Jones needs to be that replacement that's going to move the chains. We need someone to move the chains. I like 5'5", five, five, but I like 6'1 better. I wanted to remind myself of uh, Davis's uh, dimensions. Malik Davis yeah. is 5'10", five, 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 basically. 5'9 five, and 7 eighths, 202 pounds. See, they, or is that 212? They like Can't him. Can't right, right. And, and, I, and I know they like him, you know, in the scouting department, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, don't go to sleep on him um, because uh, I think he's got a little something. He, he took advantage of his opportunities. Do you remember when you talked about Michael Parsons going up against big the offensive lineman. Right. Size matters. 
Yes. Okay. Size would matter with Malik Davis. And, it's and going he is to matter. He is two oh two, not two twelve. Two oh two. And, and yeah. his, his size matters in that regard. So we need a big body. I don't care how good of a runner they are. We need a big. And body. even with Ronald Jones, it, well, he, he's five years in the league now, going into his sixth year. Mm-hmm. But uh, coming out of USC, he's two hundred five pounds. Zeke coming out of Ohio State, two hundred twenty five pounds. And uh, Pollard uh, coming out of Memphis, two hundred ten pounds. Mm-hmm. So, which, by the way, if you noticed when you walked in the door, today was the first day that the coaches could be on the field mm-hmm. with the players in the off season. You can tell. I think everybody was out there. <laughs> it looked like, it looked there were like sixty it some like players it. out there. I guarantee. Boy, they're out there drinking water. They've got ropes going. They're doing the shuttle. Everything. Meanwhile, the Holmes and and his Chiefs are over here at TCU in the indoor facility working out. It doesn't look anything like. But yeah, and this looks like a regular season. No, I thought there. when I I was like whoa, and then I thought oh the draft. Everybody said okay, they just got is what seven seven more guys eight. Mm-hmm. More guys, better get my butt out there and work. That's always been the advantage of being in Dallas. Coaches are coaches are players watching. love living here year round, and so here that's why go. I always love the rookie mini camp because all of a sudden you see the veterans out watching, right? Got to size up their competition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, we continue with more mixed shots in just a moment. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel, attend the best tailgate party in Texas, tour the star, and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. To shots. Country music is rocking the star in Frisco with a free multi-day fan festival ahead of the big show. Come celebrate country music's party of the year at the ACM Country Kickoff. 
May 9th and 10th, the fun starts each day at 3 p.m. with live performances from the newest country music stars, pop-up shops, exclusive artists, merch, a beer garden, food trucks, and much more. Visit acmcountrykickoff.com for more information. All right, final segment here of Mixed Shots. we got another 20 minutes to go. we got a lot of draft picks still to get to. And uh, so we let's backtrack to the third round. And uh, Marvion Overshone, the linebacker from the University of Texas out of Little Arp, Texas. Piney, Wo- uh, the <laughs> Piney Woods of East Texas, just outside Tyler, population 982. Or, he was, or is he a linebacker? Uh, yeah, okay. Is he? he was a safety coming out of ARP, Texas, and in fact, an Under Armour All-American, and then converted after a couple of years at Texas to linebacker and became a three-year starter and all-Big 12 linebacker. And what were his dimensions? Six. six. Well, he's, around, he's around 220. Yeah. He is officially 6'3", 229 pounds, ran a 45640 with a 159 split with 15 bench reps, a 36 and a half vertical, and a 10 4 broad jump. So, Dan Quinn mm-hmm. got another little toy to play with, That's right? Exactly so, linebacker. John Fossil. Yeah. Yeah. Special. Linebacker especially, slash safety. Especially slash, slash special teams. Because mm-hmm. he played a whole lot of special teams and they needed a linebacker. Uh, now, I'm not saying they drafted a special teams player, but I think he's like a, a change up, you know, defensive guy. Did he get much playing time in college? Was he? Oh, oh he yeah. was a straight starter, starter. first team All Big Twelve, and yeah. mm. he's uh, and he's he's got that dog mentality. Yeah, he's got a passion that uh, he loves football. I I really like him, and so they can, and it, they can this, use him in. Coverage. Is this just piling it on? I mean, we have so many. But they didn't have a lot of linebackers. Mm-hmm, they needed mm-hmm. depth at the linebacker spot. You see how linebackers get hurt? I do. Across the, it's not just here. It's across the league. <laughs> Lineback, that's a, running backs get hurt. Linebackers get hurt. And uh, but I, to your point, I love the fact that he's a converted safety in, yes. in today's NFL and in the nickel sub packages and so forth, and uh, his ability to. Defend the pass, and he had four sacks, ten tackles for loss last year at Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is—he's a baller. So if they need somebody behind J. Ron Curse, don't be surprised. So he's got some position flex, and that was one of the things that was used in the press conference uh, when they talked about him. Position. Interesting, flex. you mentioned J. Ron Curse there because. Uh, 6'3", 229 for Overshone, mm-hmm. and Curse, when he came out, 6'4", 216. Curse a 4'6", 240. This guy's a 4'5", 6". It's a very, very similar as yeah. far as the uh, – He runs a 4'5"? Yeah, 4'5", 6". That's not bad. Yeah. No, he's – there's a reason he was an Under Armour mm-hmm. All-American in high school. Mm-hmm. They – so he's a guy that you can play close to the line of scrimmage, like a linebacker, but he's got some coverage skills and special team skills. So, yeah, I, I like the pick. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, let's move on to the fourth round. Oh, watch out for this guy. Neliami Fajoko, but you can call him Junior Fajoko. Junior Fajoko, and no relation to the Fajoko who's already here. I was going to ask you that. He is related to Vita Vea, second cousin of Vita Vea. In Tampa Bay. In Tampa Bay. Yep, and uh, out of San Jose State. Six three and three quarters inches tall, two hundred eighty two pounds, and uh, he can get after. He was the Mountain West Conference Player of the Year, four year starter. He had nine sacks last year, about eight sacks the year before. I'm very productive. He's a relentless. A player and Dan Quinn has just got to love this guy. And, and if you look at his body type and the way he plays, he's a defensive tackle in the making, I believe, too. Uh, not just an edge guy because he's not like one of those linear-type yeah. guys mm-hmm. that plays defensive end because I believe I read they played a 3-4 uh, at San Jose State, and he was a defensive end, but that's like being a defensive tackle. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so if, if if this is another guy that can play the three technique with his speed and strength, um, they might have landed something here. So the emphasis is to stop the run and to be able to run. That's going to be our emphasis. That sounds like what they had in their mind. Yes. yes. And and just looking at his body type, you know, it, he could be a defensive tackle, a three technique, mm-hmm. uh, and and he'll find his way into the rotation. Um, now he played. Was that Mountain West? Yes. yes. So again, but boy, when you see him taking advantage of those offensive tackles in that conference, it, it was it was it was frightening. <laughs> So keep an eye on on what this guy can do. You know, all the draft, all the picks that we have, much pedigree comes with them. Their resume is amazing. You know, so as much as they talk about Philly, I think they said won the draft, right? Everyone's saying Philly won the draft. And the Cowboys, lukewarm. They're pretty lukewarm on on our picks from what I could tell. Well, when you're drafting what what – Ninth, what what did they take Carter at? Number nine. Number nine, you better win the draft, mm-hmm. right? You're drafting 26. No one takes that into consideration. There's so much focus on the top 50 picks in the draft that, I mean, here's a guy, Fajoko, if you go look at those, uh, the so-called draft experts, they Fajoko is like seventh round or whatever, and that doesn't mean he's a seventh round prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people that do this for a living – uh, obviously, with the Cowboys, uh, it's fourth round pick. He uh, he's a rugby player. You think he's tough? <laughs> <laughs> they scare me. Yeah, rugby player. They don't. They forget their pads all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> there was another something that he pointed out about being the first or second Polynesian player. I forgot what the the term was. Uh, but those guys are tough. Mm-hmm. Mark Tuane. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I approve of that pick, Junior Fajoko. All right. All right, so we're going to go fast forward to the fifth round. Now, you this like guy Austin? I have never heard of. Y'all t- educate me on. <laughs> go ahead, say his name. Awesome. 
<laughs> awesome Richards. That's what I was going to say. He's a yeah. seam to me until he proves he's awesome. <laughs> but he pronounces it. I know. Awesome. I know. Awesome. I wonder, though, if indeed he, he if it was pronounced a seam and then he got he, into college and his teammates and coaches said, awesome. no, we're calling you awesome. Another guy, <laughs> another guy that it sounds like has position flex, too. That he could play, he could compete at guard. So beware. 6'4, 309 pounds, and he has those 34 inch arms that you're looking for and uh, had some decent athleticism. Needs to strengthen a little bit, 13 bench reps. But, mm-hmm. um, but, um, you know, the Cowboys obviously have that opening at the end at left guard, and uh, I would think he'll be thrown into the mix along yeah. with a bunch of other guys yeah. and see who comes out. I mean, they keep talking about Josh Ball. I don't know about a six eight guard. You might hit him in the head too much <laughs> if he stands up. But, you know, I, I wonder if they if they also train Well, let's go inside. That was not asked, I don't think. No, it was. There's another one, six, seven, and five eights is well. Let's go. Yeah. And you know, I know they had, they were thinking he would be the backup tackle, then he got hurt. Uh, you know, I like guy. some of what Josh Ball did in the run game uh, last year. There's one opportunity right. after Terrence Steele got hurt in the That's Houston right. game, second half of the Houston game, um, and so I, I'm intrigued by that. But you're right. At over six seven, basically six seven and a half, it seems rather tall for a guard. So, I think we're going to see open competition there. Chuma Idoga is the free agent signing, of course, from Atlanta, uh, who originally was a third round draft pick himself in 2019 by the Jets and started eight games his first year with the Jets. But he he's been playing tackle throughout his career, and so we'll see how he fares at that guard position too. Right, yeah. So, uh, And I think that's another thing that uh, for this draft and the guys they have, there's a lot of position flex. They're not just one thing. And, you know, when you're putting your, you know what, 48-man game day roster together, you need position flex. But, but let's face it. Fifth-round picks don't normally start their right. first year in the NFL. Especially on the offensive line. Now, Terrence Steele was a rarity as an undrafted guy starting his rookie year at right tackle. Yeah, but he was only undrafted because of certain situations, right? I mean, why was he undrafted? What, what was, what Texas was Tech? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Throws Texas that. Tech under the bus. I said that for my wife, who's a Red Raider. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fault. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, you know, you develop. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you get in that weight room and all of a sudden, you know, and you get an opportunity and things things turn out, right, I mean, Everson I, Walls? I, hey, well, look, I'm, I'm, I agree with you 100%. I'm looking at Awesome's uh, highlight reel. You know, you think, okay, a guy only bench presses 13, uh, 225, correct? Is that what you just said, Bill? That's, that's what was reported. So then he's got to be able to make it up in some other way. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not fast, then you better think fast. You know, if you're not fast, you better be quick as hell. You know, and if you don't have – Good, good hands, if not, not strong hands. You better have good feet. And that is what I see here on his highlights. It's very clear that he has quick and good footwork. That can make up for wherever your deficit is in other, some other part of your game. That's the first thing I look at for offensive linemen, mm-hmm. their footwork. His footwork is if very good. good feet. His footwork is very good. I can see that right now. 
All right. I'm tr- I was tr- sitting there trying to figure out why was Terrence Steele not drafted? And so I just pulled – I'm not even going to say the name of the person. It just this random overview of Terrence Steele coming out of Texas Tech because his numbers is 6'6". I mean – how does this guy not get drafted? 6'6", 312 pounds, with 35 and an eighth inch arms, and he ran a 503, uh, 27 bench reps with 35 inch arms. All right, and so here is what this analysis was. And he's a four year starter, team captain with desired NFL size and length. But a lack of functional bend and reactive movement is hard to get past. He's an intelligent, experienced right tackle who works to his abilities on a fairly consistent basis. He struggles when his length can't save him against moving targets in the run game and against sharp rush counters in pass pro. Despite his leg stiffness, he does a nice job of taking on opponents in front of him, but NFL tackles require much better reactive athleticism and recovery ability than he's able to play with. What they watch two two games? <laughs> what happened? I mean, that he must have had a example. horrible game. That, and, I, and I'm not saying who that was. That's an example of a very respected. But there's so many guys that I have heard, to, I heard to guy, analyze that every heard, year. That sounds like a guy that got cut in the first week of training camp. That's what that sounds like. Whoever they're talking about, that wasn't Terrence Steele. Uh huh. And that's he right. was a he was a better run blocker. Uh huh. That's right. So I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, but again. <laughs> There's 350 prospects that got him get invited to the combine, and then however many more. I mean, Dane Brugler had 1,800 <laughs> prospects that he, because I mean, it's a full time job of his to analyze all these well, people. If he, you know? if he analyzed, and by the way, that wasn't Dane. <laughs> if he analyzed uh, or wrote about 50 cornerbacks, Eric Scott was like around. He didn't even get a write-up. He was just listed mm-hmm. as the others around 70-something, I think. I'll, I'll confess, he was not in the big green notebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. What did you miss, Bill? How did you miss him? But you, you, you're thinking, That's because okay. I'm having to rely on these so-called draft experts Southern, to tell me who I need to look at. Southern Mississippi, right? <laughs> and right away, if, if he's at Southern, he's got a chip on his shoulder, by the right. Because the other schools, he had to go to Butler Junior College mm-hmm. to, to get to— Marcus Lawrence went through that. Yeah, exactly. And and then it shows up, it's a cornerback that runs 4-7, you know, but they didn't mm. know why he ran. At least he finished it, you know, uh, and then couldn't do any—I don't think he did any other running or whatever that day. Uh, but the Cowboys obviously knew about him, Right. Um, and if you look at his, his – he don't look 4-7 when he's playing football. And that, this is I your steal of the draft. This is my, That's what this you is said. my sleeper. That's the sleeper. Fajoko is mine, I think. Okay. I think both of them will – you know, there's a reason why they gave up a fifth next year to move to the top pick in the sixth round because they must have known somebody else knew about him, right? And they wasn't going to last. Let's see. They gave up. A fifth-round pick for Brandon Cooks. Right. They gave up a fifth-round pick for Stephon Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Right. What was around for Hankins? Six, six round for, for Hankins. Hankins. And now they give up a fifth-round pick for Eric Scott. That's and, a pretty and, fair company that he's and, in. And, again, when we're talking the draft, you're talking three guys that you use draft picks for yes. that are going to start. They have are, to be included in what your effectiveness yes, would be during the season. Because those would have been your ammunition to move up 
in rounds, mm-hmm. right, to maybe say, okay, we can move up and use one of these. Well, you already used him for two sure starters. Uh, the third guy is at least a rotation yes. guy, if not a starter until uh, Mozzie's ready to go. Uh, and then you picked, a, but the guy you took in the first round, probably a starter. The second round, he's in the top three mix of the tight ends, right? And Overshawn is going to be the Swiss Army knife guy on this team. Mm-hmm. By the way, I would do that every year in the draft. I would take, like in the beginning of the sixth round, I would take my sixth round pick next year <laughs> and trade it to get into the sixth round if I if I like a player. I would do that every. I would just you just do it every single year. You don't have a sixth round, okay? I'm going to use next year, so I'm going to trade in. Uh, and Philadelphia did that at the top of the fourth round and got Keely Ringo, the cornerback from Georgia, who mm-hmm. had slipped out of the second day. They used next year's fourth, traded with Houston. And got the number 105, the third pick of the day on Saturday, and got Ringo. Well, the Cowboys did the same thing in the sixth round and got uh, Eric Scott. So, real quick, here are two things they didn't get, and, and, and basically because they were being patient. Neither they had the two kickers, um, they would have drafted one of them mm-hmm. if they got to Michigan where they and thought. Maryland. Uh, the kid from Maryland, yep. Ryland, I think they liked him mm-hmm. the best. But both of them got drafted. Or what was Moody it? Went third round. Third round and fourth. Wow. Third round wow. and fourth round. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. <laughs> uh, but they liked him, so they were on him. And then the fourth quarterback groom a, a, a backup type. They liked the old Connell kid from Purdue. Aiden O'Connell. And he got drafted way before. Late, late, four, last late pick fourth. of the fourth round. And before that, I think Toon went. Yeah. And, and so they looked at it, those those two positions, fifth, sixth, seventh, somewhere in there, but it, those guys didn't last. And, you know, if you're going to follow your board, you, you don't jump ahead and take a guy when you feel like you have other things more pressing to draft. So, from a kicker standpoint, they're go- I would imagine they're going to sign some vet- another veteran at least uh, and then see where that goes. But I guarantee you, of all the veteran kickers, did Robbie Gould, did I see he got picked up after San Francisco let him go? Uh, he, I thought he did. Uh, no, I don't have him listed. Maybe I fell behind not. on my, uh, my, uh, markings on it. So. Okay. So maybe he's out there. Um, but for, for who had the best season last year, that's still out there. You know, I hate to bring it up, but it's Brett Maher, you know, despite what happened down the stretch and in the playoffs, from a regular season standpoint, I think he only missed three field goals, something like that. So no one wants to hear that right now, Spade. <laughs> I know, I know, but these these guys, they're you know, kickers aren't dime a dozen, or if they are, that's why it's only a dime. <laughs> um, so they're going to have to do some work there. Ryan Suckup may still be out there, Randy Bullock. I've, I've could be wrong on those, but I had them. I tried to track them throughout the off season. I had I did not have them with new teams yet. See, and those guys, whatever their price is, 
well, it's come down now, mm-hmm. right? Sure has. Doesn't have a job, and it's almost it's the first of May. But they'll probably handle it unless they they get pressed, where they need you know the market out there for these veteran guys. If if someone if they're going to sign, I'm sure they are in contact with their agents, and right, um, they'll probably take a look at college guys like they did last year when they brought Garibay in, and then it was later where they brought Mar. We'll have another back. kicking competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So. And as for the quarterback thing, oh, we'll see if they sign one in free agency. Um, I mean, college free agency, college free agency. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see where that goes. But whoever they bring in, it, it's got to be somebody that's worth competing with. Will Greer they could be watching this XFL and watching this. Um, God, be, you, the XFL quarterbacks, man. I'm sorry. I you know what though? I can't get behind them. I can't. Have you watched this uh, Perez? For the Arlington Renegades, in fact, not. they picked him up middle of the season. He's from Texas A&M Commerce, very, very successful in college mm-hmm. at Texas A&M Commerce. He's got a little something about him. Yeah, and he, well, in fact, he? what little I've watched, uh, Luis Perez. And and when did he play? Did he was he part of the uh, championship I mean, team? Well, he's uh, he's playing for the championship now. No, I mean college championship. Oh, it was at, at, Commerce. at A&M Commerce. They he was like the college player of the year at that level. Uh, he won the Harlan Hill Trophy, and he won the national championship yeah, in see, 2017. I, I coached that kid. Okay. Yeah, I coached that kid. 6'3", 222 yeah. pounds. Where at? We had the, uh, some All-American uh, game uh, out in, uh, in, in, in California. Oh, in really? Boston. Yeah, sure okay. did. That was two years ago. So right, he's about two years out of college, right? He uh, Now, in 2018, he uh, was signed with the Rams, and he's played – He's been around the block and then some. No, we're but, talking to a different guy. Okay. Talking to a different guy. He's played for the Birmingham Iron, mm-hmm. the Los Angeles Wildcats, which I guess was XFL, New York Guardians, New Jersey Generals, USFL last year. Was with the Rams a little bit last year. And with, he was with the Vegas Vipers this year, and now the Renegades picked him up, and he's got him in the championship game oh, in two weeks. <laughs> and they actually scored a bunch of points against – But my uh, point, even on bringing it up, is there's there's another – pool there uh, in this spring football, whether it's the XFL or the USFL, where these guys are getting playing time. Ben DiNucci was playing for Seattle, the Sea Dragons. You got to stop bringing that name up. AJ McCarron is out there with uh, St. Louis. He's a a star. St. Louis has a football team again, and AJ McCarron's the toast of the town. All right, we've digressed. All right. All right. So, all right, Jalen Brooks, welcome. All right. That's what all we got on Jalen Brooks right now. We talked about him earlier. Mm-hmm. Deuce Vaughn. Mm-hmm. There it is. You're welcome. All right. So as we wrap things up, uh, when are the rookies here? Not, not, not the first. It's the week later. The second and weekend. It's, and then they just dive right, right. into the offseason. Not off this season. coming weekend. Used to, they would come in for a rookie right. camp the weekend after the draft. And then they'd go they'd, home. Yeah. And then they have to come back. Right. So and now they Now they pushed it back to where it just uh, marries right into the offseason right. program. Exactly. So. Okay. That does it for a Monday edition of Mix Shots. And we will shout at you again next Monday. Go Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!